Hello, hello, and welcome to the Casa Del Real Life podcast. I'm Lauren Bruckner, your Casa Training Director. Happy 2022! I'm so excited to join our next season of our podcast channel. Um, this is podcast episode number 55 being released on Friday, January 14th of 2022. For our season this year of 2022, we will continue to release podcast episodes on the second and fourth Friday of each month. Um, while we appeal to our CASA volunteers to listen to these and receive either half hour or full hour credits, training credit, depending on how long each podcast episode is, we also encourage our partners to listen to the podcast as well. Those partners might be Division of Family Services, social workers, might be family interventionists, might be parent attorneys, might be judges, might be you know anybody else involved in the child welfare system. Anybody's welcome to listen to our trainings and hopefully we can provide some information that is helpful and beneficial to your work in child welfare. Um, You know, we do target CASA volunteers, but again, everybody else is welcome. So in podcast number 55, I'm super excited to chat with Tara Oliver. She is from the program Healthy Families Delaware, and I came across her while attending another training supported by the University of Delaware. The interesting small world part about Tara is that her mother is a CASA Delaware volunteer. So um, we're happy she understands what CASAs do, and her mom has been one of our volunteers for a number of years. So we're super excited to chat with her and get to learn about her program. So without further ado, let's get to my chit chat with Tara Oliver. All right, Tara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, So I'm so excited to have you with us today. Um, But just to kind of introduce you to our listeners, can you kind of tell us about who you are, a little bit of your early childhood, your education, your early career, and then what you do today? Yeah, sure. So thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here too. Um, so my name is Tara Oliver and, um, I'll say I grew up in Philadelphia. I was born and raised in Philadelphia, um, with both my parents and I have two siblings. I have an older brother and a younger brother. I'm the middle child of two boys. Um, so, which was a good experience because I'm the only girl. Um, So you were just a little bit spoiled. (laughs) Just a little bit, just a little bit. I love it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I went to elementary school there, and uh, we moved to, to Wilmington, Delaware, and um, I came here and went to high school. Um, I went to Concord High School, graduated from Concord High School, um, and from there, I went on to college. I graduated from the University of Maryland Eastern Shore, which is a historically black college in um, Princess Anne, a little small town uh, of Maryland right off the Eastern shore. Um, I graduated with my 
bachelor's in education and actually left Eastern Shore to go on to be a teacher. Um, and I fresh out of college, I worked in education in, in the city of Philadelphia for about 10 years um, and met my husband, married my husband, we had our family, and we moved back here to Wilmington when I moved back east originally and still he's from Philadelphia as well. Um, we moved back here um, and I began working in early childhood. Once I moved here to Delaware, I worked at Wilmington Head Start for about three years um, and then moved on to my current role, which is a home visitor. Um, so I work with Healthy Families Delaware, which um, is a program through Children and Families First. It's a home visiting program. Um, and I'm what we call a family support specialist, but most people call us home visitors. Home visitors. Okay, gotcha. And that's really what we're going to kind of dive into today. That's kind of the meat and potatoes of our uh, interview with you today. Um, so I did come across your position when I attended another training offered by the University of Delaware um, and learned about you and your program. And, and I, to be honest, I hadn't heard of it before. And I love learning about new programs, um, especially that target kind of early childhood and, and kind of new beginnings. Um, so it sounds like it was a really good fit for our cost volunteers to kind of learn a little bit more. Um, so with that said, can you tell us a little bit more about your program um, and kind of how long it's maybe how long it's been in existence? So yeah, so um, our program, so I work at Healthy Families Delaware. We like to, we have an acronym for everything, right? So we call it HFD. Um, and so HFD is a, it's a home visiting program um, that's free and voluntary to our participants. Uh, we work with pregnant women um, and, and, and families with um, uh, early childhood children. So children up to age three years old. Um, and our program, um, it kind of supports families who have specific risk factors. Um, our primary goal is bonding and attachment and to kind of reduce the risk of um, child abuse or neglect. Okay. Gotcha. And how, how did you say how long that's been in existence? Oh, so, no. So, so we are an affiliate of a, a broader program, Healthy Families America. Oh, okay. Um, Healthy Families was founded in 1992. Um, and so we've been around yeah. since then. Wow. Okay. So Healthy Families Delaware is an affiliate of that. Okay. That makes sense. And it's through Children and Families First. Our, well, our program is Healthy Families Delaware is at Children and Families First. Is housed there. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so who are your primary clients? So so particularly, like, we currently we're targeting families um, who are Medicaid eligible. Um and so that, that's pretty much our baseline, um, but we are here to support whoever, whichever families um, that we get through our referral systems. Okay, leading to referrals, how does that, how do referrals work or how, does it, how do clients get to you? So typically our like primary referral source would be um, through the 211 Help Me Grow. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Tell, sure remind me, tell, tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> so the 211 Help Me Grow um, is a, I would say, uh, how can I explain this? Uh, I guess it's a resource in our community that helps with early childhood resources. It connects families to uh, resources in the community that deal with um, early childhood. Um, and so we get our referrals from or through 211 Help Me Grow. Um, typically, um, 
the family or how the families get to 211 is through the hospital at childbirth. Um, so we, our referrals come in from Christiana, St. Francis, um, some, some insurance companies, as well as um, child um, from DFS. Mm-hmm. So we have a bunch of different referral sources that come through 211, but um, primarily um, through the hospitals is where we get most of our referrals from, as well as we have self-referrals. So we have families that, you know, go through our website or if see, you know, see us out at an event um, and will refer themselves to our program, as well as um, other families referring, you know, friends that they know um, that have been a part of the program um, and they want to share and have a home visitor for their friend as well. Okay, wonderful. So then um, what types of services are included in your program? Right, so every support looks different for every family. Um, you know, it, it could it could range from, you know, our, so we typically come in and we share evidence-based information uh, with our families. Um, so, that may come in the sense of uh, activity. Uh, I may come in and share information about breastfeeding or bonding and attachment, child development. Uh, we do developmental screenings with all of our families through our, our time working with them. Uh, we use the Ages and Stages Questionnaire, uh, which is a developmental screening tool um, to help monitor the child's development and see if they're you know achieving all their milestones. Um, so we typically do that. We discuss safe um, sleep environments. We also um, offer support for postpartum depression um, and any uh, mental health services um, that families need. We also help set and meet goals. Um, so our families typically um, working with us will we'll create um, multiple goals. Typically, we're working with our families three years. Um, so sometimes and most of the time, um, they're setting multiple goals. Um, and as they reach and achieve each goal, we set new ones. Um, and so we're there to support them through all of those things. And the goals can be as simple as, you know, uh, you know, wanting to lose weight, mm-hmm. uh, which is not always simple. Yeah. Easier said than done. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, or getting back to their to their you know normal life after having a baby, or it could be as you know as big as you know wanting to uh, purchase their first home. Okay. Um, so there are multiple ways we support our families. Um, that's just a few. We okay. also connect them to resources in the community yeah. um, as needed. I see. So just thinking with sticking with um, housing. So if they were interested in purchasing their first home. What types of resources would you uh, refer them to? So typically, we will refer them to financial services. Okay. Um, so uh, we work closely with um, a program called. Oh goodness! I hope you're great at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. We always always forget the name of something right when we need to know it. Right when we need to say it. <laughs> Um, so we work with uh, community prog- uh, programs that would support uh, families, you know, receiving efforts. So it may be house- housing counseling, financial support. Uh, we would start with small goals that may be talking about saving or budgeting um, and connect them to whatever resources in the community that may help them achieve that goal. I see. Okay. Um, so, and you said you can work with the family up into, uh, for three years, basically up until a child turns three? Yes. 
Okay. And what does that, say you're with a family for that period of time, what does, what does it look like as you're sort of, um, I'll say, kind of easing a family from your services? So, um, so throughout our time working with our families, we're celebrating their successes and sharing their progress with, with them. Um, and so they move through levels in our program. Um, and every time they move through a level, it's an opportunity for the home visitors to have like a reflective conversation about all of their achievements and um, some of the things that they have um, accomplished and where how they're progressing and allow them, you know, the space to share their progression as well. Um, and so when what we call graduation, and so once um, our once our families get to the age, our children get to close to the age of three, we um, we start discussing graduation with our families and you know having that reflective conversation. And we also put a transition plan in place um, with whatever with whatever resources they may need. You know, following you know ending of our services. Um, we also have opportunity in times where families are not quite ready to you know just remove themselves fully from our support. And so we have. Um, offer a less intense amount of home visits um, following graduation. Oh, that's good. Okay, gotcha. So when you say home, home visit, home visiting, um, how often does your does the home visitor make a visit to the home? So um, in the beginning, our visits are, uh, are intense. Mm -hmm. um, so typically we're visiting um, once a week. Mm -hmm. um, so and sometimes, you know, depending on the family, it could even be more just depending on what services they need, but typically it's once a week. And as they move through our levels and as they progress through the program um, and as they become more successful, um, our our home visits become less become less intense and they then be, get moved to bi-weekly to once a month and sometimes even quarterly. Okay. Do you do anything with um, kind of support groups with families knowing about other families or is it is it pretty individual? Um, individual work. So that's our hope. Mm -hmm. Our hope is to be able to uh, connect the families that are within our program to one another. Currently, um, because of COVID, oh, it's been yeah. a big, big issue and why we haven't been able to like connect our families to do like group activities or um, have support groups together because a lot of our families do share common, you know, issues. Mm -hmm. And so it, we, we we're, our hope is to be able to create support groups around that. But currently, um, we're more individual. We do use a team approach as far as the home our, the home visiting team. Mm -hmm. um, so if child development uh, is a is a strong suit of mine because it's my background education. So we we lean on each other for those supports. If we have families that are struggling in that area, um, we also have. Um, people on our team that are lactation consultants. And so if breastfeeding has been, you know, an issue or mom, you know, really needs more support in that area, we, we lean on each other and, you know, another home visitor or um, someone else in our program might hop on, uh, hop in a visit with me to, you know, help support that mom. So that's kind of how we connect in that way, sure. but not our families connecting to each other, not yet. Gotcha, cool. About how many staff members do you have? So, so typically there are, uh, about four home visitors on the team that I serve with. Mm -hmm. um, a, a, along the state, there are approximately four, five, six, seven, 
It's about 10 of us. 10. Okay. And you do, are, you serve statewide? Yeah, we serve statewide. So okay. we're here. Uh, my team, uh, we serve the Newcastle County area. Um, and then we have a team that's in Lower Delaware. Okay. Gotcha. Um, if you can kind of generalize, what are some of the things that you witness your families kind of struggling the most with or needing the most support with? Housing, for sure. Really? Okay. Housing. Um, housing has, is usually the number one um, issue when it comes to families that I particularly serve across my um, caseload. Mm-hmm. Housing probably, insecure housing and, and um job security will probably be something we always typically work on. Okay. And thinking about housing is it's just, it, that it's just not quantity and quality are lacking? Both, yeah. Both, okay. Both. It's typically the quantity though, just the availability of stable, secure, safe housing. Gotcha. Um, not to harp on the pandemic by any means, but how has the pandemic affected some of the clients that you work with? I mean, so we had to pivot to virtual um, in the beginning of the pandemic. Currently, we're, we're moving on a hybrid. Mm-hmm. We've moved to a hybrid um, home visiting schedule. So uh, we're, we're doing some in-home visits and doing some virtual um, visits or telehealth visits. Um I would say that technology was in the beginning uh, an issue because some of our families, you know, didn't have the resources. Uh, we were able to help our families get technology, so we were able to provide iPad, oh, say, tablets. Yeah, we were able to provide tablets and cell phones to some of our families to keep them connected to our services. So that was a benefit, and it really helped um, kind of strengthen and keep our our families engaged. Okay, excellent. Um, and thinking about the kind of another off the cuff question, thinking about support that some of these families have or don't have in your experience working with some of the families, what's their level of familial support in terms of, um, you know, extended family or anybody around that are, that are able to provide support to each family? Yeah. Support is something that we definitely is one of our protective factors that we kind of look into to help families um, create a support system. Um, I will say that many of the families that I've served um, have a, a pretty a pretty good support system in place. Um, many of them live in multi-generational homes, mm-hmm. so they may live with their um, mother, mother-in-law, um, older sister. So they, they're in a home where they have some support, but there are families. Um, who are who struggle with um, creating a circle of support, um, and then our role is to kind of help them to uh, create that circle of support. Gotcha. And what does that look like in, in terms of creating that circle of support for for somebody who doesn't have a family locally? Right. So it may be connecting them to mental health services, and mm-hmm. it, it may even be connecting them to support, you know other mommy groups um, that we you know we that we may not have yet, but, you know, are, are in the community. I'm encouraging them to get their babies into daycare and meet other moms. And um, maybe if it's breast, if they're breastfeeding to, you know, go to a breastfeeding class to help, you know, and talk with other moms that are in, you know, in those groups. So kind of helping them look around their environment and create, you know, the support that they need. 
Oh, cool. As well as offer it from, from us as well. Sure, sure. And how do you feel um, that the client, how do you feel the clients receive that information? Do they, do they want to know about different um, resources available? Yeah, many of them follow up. They sometimes come to us like, hey, I, you know, I know, I know I had a really good time at this, you know, support group or uh, we did library. We did the, we went, I took our child to, you know, a local library and I met so-and-so and had fun. So yeah, they love, they love the resources and, and typically um, follow, follow up and follow through. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, let's see, what else? Um, so, and you said when a family completes your service, you call it a graduation, right? When somebody is finished with your, your program? Yes. That's cool. Is there any way, once a family has graduated uh, and they kind of gone off on their own, can they re-engage with your program or um, would they, how would that, how would that work? Um, typically, once, once they're um, no longer enrolled in our, fam- in our program, they are, they have completed, we have had families who've had, who have had another child. Um, gotcha. Okay. Um, be referred back into the program. Um, typically it hasn't been following a graduation. It might've been following, um, maybe they moved another reason for closure, uh, for, for a prior baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they had another child, they were referred to the program and, and are working through the program through, um, uh, again. So, that's kind of how how they would be able to get back into services. It would be to be referred for another child. Okay. But typically, it doesn't happen. Yeah, that makes sense. And a case, thinking about a caseload, how high is it your is each home visitor's caseload? So um, typically, we carry about twenty families um, wow. per home visitor, um, and that's just that's pretty much our case. Okay. Is that pretty manageable, or or is that? Are you yeah, put, are you stretched uh, a little bit? <laughs> no, it's pretty manageable because many of our some of my families are um, there are different levels. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Okay. Um, also, had different risk. Um, so some uh, maybe a little more high risk. Uh, I I have great support. Uh, great support at my supervisor, who's here to to kind of help and support and guide and give me all of the things that I need in order to support my families. Um, so that's helpful, but so it's, it is manageable. Okay. Um, and how do you, how does your program find out about new community resources that might pop up at any given moment? So we, um, I mean, we're, we're out be- beating the pavement or the, yeah. I'll say the virtual pavement. So we're, you know, doing whatever researches we need, we're connecting with um, other programs in the area, um, we, we tap into each other's resources, um, what connections we have in our, you know, throughout our own personal lives in the community. Um, and that's pretty much how we connect with resources. Okay. So the majority of people listening to our podcast will be CASA volunteers. So they are appointed to work with uh, children who are experiencing foster care. They are in the custody of DFS. Mm-hmm. What, um, if, if, if I'm just thinking, if they're listening to this podcast, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a great program. You know, this family might really benefit from it. How do you work with a family or, or do you work with families where the child might be in the custody of DFS with reunification being the, the permanency plan? Uh, absolutely. I actually have a, a, about three different experiences working with families um, who had the child in custody of DFS um, and working with unification and so we work hand-in-hand with um, the DFS worker um, if there is a family um, 
interventionist that's working with the family. Um, and we we may co- help coordinate some of their visits and or sit in on some of them, not sit in on some of their visits, participate mm-hmm. in, in some of their um, visits with their baby and continue to support them, um, giving them research-based information because reunification is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they're reunified, we continue, you know, our services typically um, because we're working with the babies until they're three. Um, and so we like to maintain the the level of support, even though the baby is not currently in the home with the mom or, or with the family. Okay. So it's still possible for your program to be active with the family, even if custody is with the state. Yes. Okay. Um, wonderful. What uh, Anything else we should know about Healthy Families Delaware? Anything else you want to share? No, I mean, we love referrals. Okay. <laughs> so we would say send referrals our way. Uh, we do get some referrals through DFS. Um, so we're always looking for new referrals for our, you know, for our program. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about some of the classes that might be serving on a, on a case where reunification might be pretty close, you know, within the next like month or two, or I'm thinking maybe this, maybe your program would be helpful, um, you know, assuming the baby is, you know, under three, that kind of helping with those, what happens when the baby goes back to the home, you know, that's, that's a transition in itself. And kind of what does that look like? Yeah. So I should say that what I didn't say is that our referrals come through, uh, our babies have to be up until the baby is two months. So we enroll prenatally up until the baby is two months, but we work gotcha. with the families until they're three. I see, I see. Uh-huh. So they've got to be in kind of right, right at birth. Okay. That makes sense. So it seems like for CASA volunteers, they would most likely um, come across your program or kind of at the same time where DFS might take custody. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, Tara, this is so, it's such a pleasure to talk to you and I love learning about new programs and it sounds like this program is a very beneficial one to so many families. Yeah, it really, it really is. We, um, we're here to help support our families, you know, get to that secure attachment. So perfect. Well, in our show notes, I'll include kind of links to your website and some information as well. Um, and I thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for listening to my podcast interview with Tara Oliver. She is from Healthy Families Delaware and described a wonderful program of her home visiting um, from children where they get involved with children before two months old. Um, so as a CASA, if you're working with a family in the very beginning when you maybe you get an infant case, think about this service and maybe chat with your Division of Family Services social worker in hopes that maybe this program might be helpful. It might not be, but it's certainly worth a try and at least learning what else, uh, what other resources we might be able to offer our families um, while reunification is the permanency plan. So thank you so much for listening to this. Go ahead and complete your in-service credit form uh, for a half hour of in-service training credit, and then you can send it back to me at lauren.bruckner at delaware.gov. Thanks for listening. Friend